Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home. Because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional-level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Robots Radio presents You're listening to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast The best way for everyone from experienced dungeon masters To those curious about D&D To learn more about the worlds, creatures, and lore of Dungeons and Dragons Well, welcome everybody to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. I'm your host, the Almighty Crit. Hello, and, and I'm your other host, Sergio. I was gonna introduce you. I can't trust you. I can't. <laughs> I can't trust you to do that. I don't blame you after what happened with the book earlier. We won't talk about that. We promised. Sworn oath. Why do you even bring it up then? <laughs> I am excited AF for this show. NGL. Mm, mm, mm. Today. I, w- I want to tell everybody what we're going to talk about. We are going to talk about BAMFs. We're going to talk about them big ass mud truckers talking. You know, you, you think when you think of, I mean, the, the, the name it's Dungeons and Dragons. So like you mm-hmm. think of dragons as being like the, the big, huge bads of the game of, of the mythos of the universe, the mm-hmm. multiverse, but there are plenty of other giant gargantuan, monsters to take on besides dragons and uh, we're going to cover uh four of them today and they're all so they're all pretty unique in their own ways um and the first that we're going to cover because last week we we're talking about fizzbin's treasury of dragons mm-hmm. uh which again i can't recommend enough and we talked about the uh the, the rules for the dragon turtle included in it and we promised you we would get into more detail on that dragon turtle and that's exactly what we're going to do to start off the gargantuan episode of D&D Lorecast. Let's go. So dragon turtles uh what's cool is that a lot of these creatures stem from are either like direct um you know uh like sort of analogs to you know, I hate to say real life because obviously like krakens aren't real, but like, but real life mythology, you know, like a kraken wasn't created by, you know, Gygax back in you know, the seventies, but it was, you know, it's, it's a, a mythological creature that already existed that was brought into 
the D and D framework. The dragon and with and all these creatures are more or less sort of that that same way. Uh, the dragon turtle is actually from Chinese mythology. Dragon turtle, you know, dragons being very uh, important to the Chinese culture. It's uh, essentially the body of a turtle with the head of a dragon. Uh, such creatures often bear powerful symbolism in Chinese mythology. And, you know, the dragon turtle is no exception. Now in the realm of D&D, the dragon turtle is so massive. And we discussed this last week. Mm-hmm. The dragon turtle is so massive that it can be mistaken for an island, for a small island. It's just chilling out in the ocean, just like kind of busting a snooze, just sort of floating around. Well, let's go ahead and uh, drop drop anchor there, and you know, spend a couple of days. Not not the best idea. Not the best idea. I will admit, I have used a dragon turtle as an entire campaign hook. Oh yeah, I mean it's very easily done. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, you can it can be mistaken for an island, and as such, that that is that is the the campaign setting. That is the the adventure setting, and depending on you know what the 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 point of the adventure is can be either to escape to to survive to to aid the dragon turtle um knowing your sort of modus operandi your mo you probably wanted to uh destroy the dragon turtle because you like you like destroying stuff oh yeah (laughs) of course actually no in this one um we the dragon turtle actually held an ancient fountain of uh, eternal aging. And it, wait, hold on, come again. So in the center of the back of the dragon turtle, there was a fountain that could age anything thrown into it eternally. Oh, yes. And the yeah. dragon, uh, that was uh, one of the party members was a blue dragon. He used it to age himself rapidly uh, gaining more power. Right, because the older the dragon gets, the more mm-hmm. powerful it gets. Yep. Smart. The Fountain so, of Boomer, yes. <laughs> Toasty so, says Fountain of Boomer. Aging, you say. So, um, the the dragon turtle itself is in the basic, you know, monster manual. Um, what's in the, what's in Fizbin's is the ancient dragon turtle. Which is um, slightly different, as well as the the young dragon turtle and the dragon turtle wormling. We'll go ahead and go into what's available in the monster manual, since that's accessible to just about to just to everyone on D and D Beyond. You know, you don't have to necessarily have to buy the the latest and greatest. Yeah, from, from wizards to to access this info. Um, so it's got a it's got a natural armor of twenty. So off rip. <laughs> It's already it's, it's, what uh um it can swim obviously it's it if it can be mistaken for an island it's obviously a seaborn um the you know it's not very intelligent it's not very dexterous obviously being as big as it is um and its wisdom and charisma isn't anything really to sneeze at it's this it's strength at a 25 and its constitution at a 20 which are really like it's it's mac it's it's big stats. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got damage resistance to fire, 
Uh, and it's challenge rating is a 17. So this isn't something that you're going to throw at your, at your party until either well into the campaign. Yeah. Like we're discussing this in the, in the pre-show banter. Like, you know, I love the, you know, start off at level one, you're all in a tavern and you know, you come together and you move forward, you know, to all the way to level 20. But, you know, sometimes you don't, people don't always have that kind of time to, to, to invest in a game that could last years and years and years. Uh, I'm a huge proponent of, you know, of doing adventures that will take a couple weeks and starting off at various points. Like, okay, this adventure, uh, you know, roll up your character at level eight. Mm-hmm. This adventure, roll them up at level 15. This adventure, like, heck, let's go, let's go near epics, roll them up at 19. And y'all can do some really fun stuff with your characters. So this is something that either can be done toward the end of a campaign or as like, you know, uh, as a one shot adventure with, you know, high level characters. Uh, the multi attack has three attacks. It, uh, it bites and then it has and claws with, I guess, you know, a left and a right little, little left jab and a right, mm-hmm. right hook. And, uh, but it can make one tail attack in place of its two claw attack. So it can do bite, claw, claw, or bite, tail, swipe, bite, bite, tail. Um, <laughs> not biting its uh, own tail, though. Not by, well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe if it rolls a one, maybe fumble. if it rolls critical fumble, you know, you got your DMG, uh, DMs Guild, uh, fumble chart that's got to be on there somewhere. Oh, uh, yeah, we have one in the fumbling four. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the bite, it's a plus 13 to hit as, I mean, they're all, all the, all their attacks are, all the attacks are plus 13 to hit. So whatever it rolls, you're adding 13 to it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if it rolls anything close to double digits or double digits, you're probably out of there. But that's it. You're done. Um, and then, uh, 3d 12 plus seven of piercing damage for the bite, 2d eight plus seven slashing damage for the claw and 3d12 plus 7 bludgeoning damage for the tail. Uh, also with the tail attack, if uh, the creature must succeed, the target must succeed on a DC 20 strength saving throw or be pushed up to 10 feet away from the dragon turtle and be knocked prone. So, I mean, it's like a, it's like a tail swipe. So it's going to not only hit you, but it's going to knock you off your feet mm-hmm. and, and like push you away. Yeah. Uh, this is the... This to me, I mean, all those are like, I mean, they're huge damage, uh, you know, huge, um, you know, um, you know, uh, bonuses to the to the attack themselves. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's standard. I mean, it's a bite. Oh, it's yeah. a claw. It's a tail swipe. The steam breath, however, the steam breath. The dragon turtle exhales scalding steam in a sixty foot cone. Oh yeah, <laughs> sixty feet in the middle of combat is damn near the entire like combat area, <laughs> especially in a cone. Yep. Yep. Uh, each creature in that area must make a DC 18 constitution saving throw, which, uh, I mean, for the most part, I mean, your wizards, your spellcasters, your wizards, your sorcerers, y'all out of there. No, Sorry. Yeah, like, no, <laughs> bye. Yeah, I mean, unless you're rolling hot, you're not, you're, it's very going to be very hard to roll to make a DC 18 mm-hmm. constitution saving throw. You know, your fighters, uh, I mean, maybe even your rogues. I mean, just any other, um, 
any other character that you you know wanted to, wanted to maximize your HP as much as possible. So you so you put some points in a Constitution, have a better shot. But your spellcasters and anything else and any other characters that are low on on your Constitution are going to be pretty. It's going to be pretty hard for y'all to make this. Yeah. So uh, the DC eighteen Constitution saving throw, where you take uh, if you fail that. You take 15 D6 fire damage. I don't even know that I own 15 <laughs> six-sided dice. Uh, uh. I do. <laughs> of course you do. I mean, I meant that in jest. I probably do. No, come on now. You know you do. Every, yeah, you, every great DM has a bag of dice. I got, I've got. i got this little, like, I got a little thing of dice that I got. <laughs> These are actually the official D&D dice mixed in with some other ones that I bought just because I saw them and I'm like, I must have them. <laughs> um, so yeah, 15 D6 mm-hmm. fire damage. Uh, you might need to use like one of those like Yahtzee cups to like roll off those. Um, and then, you know, half as much half damage on a, if you happen to uh, actually make the DC 18 constitution saving throw, yeah. you, uh, you still take half that damage. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says, you know, it says, um, in the stat block, it says 52, which when, um, for those who don't know when it, when, um, it tells you the damage you take, and then it has a number and then the amount of dice, that's kind of like the average, like the, yeah. uh, so instead of having a roll every time you could just say like, okay, you take 52 damage. So you're taking 25 damage, 26 damage on a, on a failed save. Uh, and then here's the other thing is being underwater which is uh sort of like you know water being the antithesis of fire uh you think like i'll just jump into a water i'll just jump into a pool or jump into the ocean does not grant you resistance nope. to this damage nope so yeah the dragon turtle is not not one to be messed with um as far as like the lore for the dragon turtle dragon turtles are pretty cool uh like the like their society like they um it says that uh they guard a vast territory that could expand up to 50 square miles and that like during uh mating season other dragon turtles uh they're only permitted in in another's like another's territory during mating season mm-hmm. otherwise they're just like they keep to themselves yep they're very secluded. Uh, they're aggressive, solitary creatures who would attack any ships and other dragon turtles that enter their territory. Like true dragons, dragon turtles are obsessed with gold and treasure. They often attack ships in order to loot that treasure. And after sifting through the wreckage, the creatures would carry the valuables back to their lair in their mouths. Sailors wishing to pass through the territory of a dragon turtle found that the creatures were intelligent enough to accept bribes or tributes. So that's a pretty cool, I mean, like, you know, lately the, the sort of talk has been because of Wild Beyond the Witchlight, there's been a lot more talk about like non-combat resolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that would, instead of like trying to just to fight this thing, like, like, Hey, what about that huge garnet or that huge Ruby that we got from, you know, two dungeons ago, maybe that'll <laughs> allow, allow us to pass through. Maybe that's why the DM gave it to us. <laughs> right? Yeah. And that's something that uh, I'm a huge proponent of, again, is is um, sort of 
like dropping like hints like that, like, okay, you get this and you could either sell it, but maybe it's, you're getting it for a reason. Um, some dragon turtles could even master powers of sorcery. These dragon turtle sorcerers are rumored to guard farm cabins in the undermountain. But, uh, yeah, dragon turtles, uh, it says here that they were once the biggest, baddest creature in the sea until he was knocked off his rocky outcropping by the Kraken, which we will talk about next. Um, but yeah, I mean, dragon turtles are, they've been around, um, since the beginning. Yeah. And, you know, they're, you know, they're, you might think that, you know, they're sort of, a a lesser version of the dragon, you know, because of the turtle part, but they're as, as formidable and as deadly as any dragon that you come across. What do you think about that? <laughs> you look like you were going to say something else. Oh. Yeah. I was, I was going to say, what do you think about that? <laughs> You stared at the computer and then you stared back at me and I was like, Let's see, what's happening? What's happening? Uh, yeah, no, I, I, my, like I said before, I've had a campaign where I have used a dragon turtle, um, had, had the party explored a little bit more. They probably learned a little bit more about why there's a magic water pool on the back of the said dragon. Uh, <laughs> they didn't care. They just wanted the dragon. <laughs> They, they just, wanted yeah, its goodies just, and what it could do. Um, but yeah, I, they're they're really great for when you want to do your own homebrew thing, but you want to keep it in a canon universe. You yep. know, you want to keep it in, you know, Greyhawk or any of these others. It's great to be able to just throw in a dragon turtle. Oh, there's a dragon turtle here, and that's where they're going to have their party adventure. And at the end, they're going to find out a dragon turtle. You know, it's fantastic that way. I do mm -hmm. love them. I do love to use them. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm more intrigued about uh, said kraken. <laughs> the the kraken. I mean, um, much like the you know, like I, I, I mentioned this earlier, like all these creatures have some. Uh, origins in like in real life mythology. Mm -hmm. So the Kraken is a legendary sea creature of gigantic size and a cephalopod like appearance that actually come, which so like sort of like a, like a squid or, a, or an octopus. Uh, it's actually from Scandinavian culture. Mm -hmm. According, according to Norse sagas, the Kraken dwells off the coast of Norway and Greenland and terrorizes nearby sailors. Um, so over the years, the legend has grown like, you know, these, these sightings of giant squid like creatures. Um, and they uh, have appeared in various uh, works throughout the centuries. You've got um, the uh, most recent one, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Yep. Uh, the uh, uh, Clash of the Titans. And in fact, the. Uh, Seattle hockey team is called the Krakens. Yep. Seattle just got an expansion NHL hockey team. They're called the Seattle Krakens, which like makes, I mean, I got, you know, being from the Dallas Fort Worth area, like I got a root for the Dallas Stars. I'm a Dallas, I don't have to, I'm a Dallas Stars fan, but damn, I wish I could, I could root for the Krakens. <laughs> <laughs> like, Such a badass thing. Exactly. Uh. 
So in the in the re- in the realm of D and D, this is a uh, usually chaotic evil creature. Um, it's much like the dragon turtle. Its armor class is pretty high up there. It's at an eighteen. Uh, it can swim up to sixty feet, and uh, unlike the dragon turtle, however, it's you know its, it's dex is is, is low. Um, but everything else is sky high. Oh strength, yeah, strength is thirty, constitution's twenty five, intelligence is twenty two, wisdom is eighteen, and charisma is twenty. So this is like, I mean, this is the most OP, one of the most OP creatures in the monster manual. Hmm. Yeah, uh, it's Dan. it's ridiculous. Uh, I, when we start talking about the attacks. Watch the jaws just drop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's gnarly. I mean, and it's got uh, immunity to lightning, bludgeoning, mm-hmm. piercing, and slashing from non-magical attacks. Even uh, even a baby kraken is an extremely formidable opponent. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a full-blown adult kraken. Its challenge rating is twenty-three. So you're, I mean, this is this could either be like the last monster the last boss that you face in your campaign or this is something you face in an epic level campaign um so it's uh one one cool thing is that it's considered a siege monster and so it deals double damage to objects and structures so if it attacks your ship mm-hmm. or it attacks a like um a um, sort of a shoreline fort or fortress or you know any kind of hold, it will do double damage to that. Yeah. Now, now let's get to the attacks. The the attacks <laughs> that you mentioned. So, it can make three tentacle attacks, each of which it can replace with one use of fling. Now, before we get to um, to fling, let's talk about these uh, tentacle attacks. Uh, it's a plus 17 a hit. It's got a reach of 30 feet. It's 3d6 plus 10 bludgeoning damage. And the target is grappled until the grapple ends, which is a DC 18 to escape. The Kraken had uh, the target is strained and the Kraken has 10 tentacles. Yeah. <laughs> and each of them can grapple a different target. So, yep. Most parties being four to six to seven uh, members can all get restrained, can all get wrapped up in a tentacle. Beyond the tentacle attacks, uh, well, let's, let's talk about the fling. So uh, one large or smaller object held or creature grappled by a kraken is thrown up to 60 feet in a random direction and knocked prone. You thought a now, cone attack 60 feet was bad. Try getting thrown like, sixty yeah, feet. Try, try getting thrown that far. Uh, if they if they strike, if they land and strike on a solid surface, they uh, take the the one d six standard bludgeoning damage. Mm-hmm. For but for every ten feet they were thrown, so if they get thrown the sixty feet, it's actually sixty six. Uh, if the target is thrown at another creature, which is just the coolest <laughs> idea, uh, <laughs> that creature must succeed on a DC eighteen dexterity saving throw. Or take the same damage and be knock prone. So 
like you and I are in a campaign. We've got our characters together. We come up against a Kraken. That Kraken can use its tentacle to wrap me up and then throw me at you. Yes. <laughs> and yes. then if, if you fail your deck save throw, we both take the same amount of damage. I told That's you. Awesome. Gnarly. They're gnarly. Uh, it's got a basic bite attack, which is plus 17 to hit. Um, it's 3d8 plus 10 piercing damage. Uh, and here's what's cool about this. is The target is a large or smaller creature grappled by the Kraken. That creature is swallowed and the grapple ends. While swallowed, the creature is blind and restrained. It has total cover against attacks and other effects outside the Kraken. So at that point, you kind of like the Kraken sort of shielding you. Mm -hmm. um, but you take 12d6 acid damage at the start of each of the Kraken's turns. So yeah, you're safe from the from the outside danger, but you're getting killed by the by the you know the acids that break down its food on the inside. Trying to bring up a picture of the Kraken here for everybody. Oh, the Kraken's great. It's not uh it's not wanting to cooperate. <laughs> it's oh it's terrifying. It probably doesn't uh it doesn't want any part of this. It probably doesn't, you know, want to scare the children. <laughs> uh well, it won't so, bring it up, so that's all right. I mean, and that's not even all of its attacks. It no. still has the lightning storm attack. Mm -hmm. The Kraken magically creates three bolts of lightning, each of which can strike a target the Kraken can see within 120 feet of it. A target needs to make a DC 23 deck saving throw. Uh, otherwise, it takes 4d10 of lightning damage. Or oh, half yeah. as much uh, on a successful throw. So it's got uh, it's got its basic bite. It's got its uh, grapple. It's oh, it's got it's got its uh, tentacle attack, which hits and then also grapples. It's got its fling attack, which will it'll throw you, and so it can grapple you and then it can swallow you, and then you got acid damage. It can uh, grapple you, then it can throw you. Which will cause you, you know, bludgeoning damage, and it might also hurt a teammate. Mm -hmm. And then can also create lightning. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if uh, that isn't enough, it gets legendary actions. Being an <laughs> epic level creature that it is, uh, it can take three legendary actions: either a tentacle attack or fling, a uh, lightning storm, which takes two actions, or it can take its ink cloud, which takes all three of its legendary actions. It takes, you know, all of those slots, the ink cloud while underwater, the Kraken expels an ink cloud in a 60 foot radius. The cloud spreads around corners and that area is heavily obscured to creatures other than the Kraken. Each creature other than the Kraken that ends its turn there must succeed on a DC 23 constitution saving throw or take three D 10 poison damage. Uh, and then half as much on a successful throw, a successful one. Uh, a strong current disp disperses the cloud, which otherwise disappears at the end of the Kraken's next turn. So it can take this action. And if, I mean, if by some miracle you happen to have it on the ropes, it can take this action to either one, you know, escape, mm -hmm. to make it escape or to, um, get you know attacking part like attacking uh anyone that's attacking it 
away from it. Yeah. Again, they are gnarly. <laughs> They'll definitely kick some butt. I was um, out of, I, I'd say out of all of these, uh, Leviathan's pretty cool. Levi- and uh, I mean, the terrace cost obviously like, you know, it's, it's great, but there was just, you know, this, uh, this Kraken is, it's, it's a bamf. It, it earns, it earns a name for sure. Oh yeah. And see, here's the other thing. Uh, depending on how mean your DM wants to get, you also have Kraken's layer actions. Yeah. You have a strong current that moves through the Kraken's layer. Each creature within 60 feet of the Kraken must succeed a DC 23 strength saving throw or be pushed 60 feet away from the Kraken. On a success, they're pushed 10 feet away. So you're still pushed away either way. Then you also have creatures in the water within 60 feet of the Kraken have vulnerability to lightning damage until initiative count 20. That's wow. Yeah. Okay. So you have the lightning storm and now you also have vulnerability to lightning. Mm. Oh, imagine that. <laughs> How convenient. Hmm. And the last layer action it has is the water in the Kraken's layer becomes electrically charged. All creatures within 120 foot of the Kraken must succeed a DC 23 constitution saving throw. Take 3d6 lightning damage on a failed save and half as much on a successful one. And that's a freebie. That's without the lightning storm. That is a freebie. Like you're just sitting there and you just hear fizzle, popple, and crack, and you're like, what is that? And bzz, done. <laughs> 3D6 to you. And that's just I mean, this thing can go on. You can give it regional effects. Yeah. Um, depending on, you know, where in the region it is, or the waters, or even dimensionals, you can give it different regional effects. Uh, I mean. This thing, like I said, it's it's nasty. It's gnarly. It's nasty and gnarly. It's both mm-hmm. of those things all at the same time. So, now that we've talked about our dragon turtles and our lovely little krakens, do you think we should go to the middle of the show and announce us a winner? We should go to the middle of the show and mm-hmm. announce us a winner. Woo-woo! Here we go. Well, here we are in the middle of the show, Sergio. Here we are. (laughs) I love it. So I don't have anything miniature news wise today because we're kind of falling behind. Uh, Wizards of the Coast, you're kind of falling behind on me. You're not really giving me any info here. Not coming out with any new minis. To be fair, though, they did drop a ton of new minis. I mean, back to back to back to back. Yeah. So... We'll give them a little bit on that one. But, but we, we, yeah, we have plenty of stuff to talk about. We have a I was winner. Say, bless, but we have plenty of stuff to talk about. But before we announce our winner, should we go to our DM's corner? Sure. I, this is sort of a, um, a cheat because I have already suggested this before, <laughs> but this comes from, uh, this was uh, brought to our attention by our deity patron, Lupus Malum. And again, thank you to all of our patrons, mm-hmm. uh, Lupus and Maverick, our deity patrons, uh, Remington, Stagger, uh, uh, who else? Uh, I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting so many names, but uh, <laughs> everyone that has 
you know, been so kind as to mm-hmm. help uh, the show financially. Thank you so much. I mean, if you, if all you're doing is listening, thank you so much. Uh, that's more than enough that, you know, not to say that if that's all you're doing, that's more than I could ever hope for. And if you're suggesting the show to friends and families and colleagues, and even your enemies be like, I don't like you, but here's a podcast. I know you would like, uh, again, thank you so much. Um, but this was, uh, this was suggested, this was brought to our attention a, a couple months ago, uh, invasion from the planet of terrorists, uh, Invasion of from the planet Terrace is a single session over the top gonzo action adventure meant for four to six level 20 characters. This is exactly what I was talking about before. Like not every adventure needs start at one or three or or eight. You can start, you can start adventure at level 20. Uh, The adventure serves as a capstone for water deep dragon heist and water deep dragon of the mad mage, but it can be modified for any setting or it can just, you know, operate as a standalone mm-hmm. so it's uh what's more fun than one terrace how about multiple terrace stomping around water deep how about a whole planet full of terrace ready to rumble that sounds exciting an invasion from the planet of terrace is for you uh it's divided into three chapters like i said it's um it says it's a single session uh depending on how quickly you want to go through it it could or how slowly you want to go through it. It could, you know, take you a couple sessions, mm-hmm. but it's, uh, the artwork is fantastic. It's actually, um, that sort of, um, the gold, the, uh, the guild, the adept, the DM, the DMs guild adept, uh, product, which means that it's, um, it was started and it's managed by wizards of the coast. Um, and so it's something that, you know, for a fact is going to be good quality and it's only three ninety nine on DMs guild. Hmm. And, we will uh i'll link to it in the uh, chat right now on twitch and for those of you listening the, on the audio form and the podcast version it'll be in the show notes yes they will so i've got our list of patrons up so we can give them a proper thanks <laughs> not not my half ass like ah, you guys are out there you know who you are i love yeah, you yeah. so we have our apprentice patron uh daniel uh we have our scholar patron wolf the sheepdog. Uh, we have our wizard patient, pa- patients, patrons, <laughs> stagger and stumble. Third time's a charm. Yeah. And Jonathan Sutter. And uh, we also have Chris Mitchell in that tier. Um, I, I hate how Patreon doesn't organize things by tier. Um, we have Remington Cloutier and our scholar as well. And we have our two deities. Uh, we have Lupus and Maverick. Um, and I believe we've actually set a date for our first game with them, haven't we? Yeah, it'll be in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. uh, a week and a half or so. Yeah, same. yeah I'm very excited. <laughs> I'm getting some preps going. <laughs> I can't wait to see what kind of ridiculous characters you guys bring to the table, to be honest. Well, I've already kind of uh, tipped my hand as to what I'm, go- I'm going to do, <laughs> but uh, it should be fun. Um. Let's let's pick us a winner. We've been we've been we've been uh, delaying long enough. <laughs> well, no, we, we've been promoting and hyping this giveaway all all month. A special edition uh, hardcover of the Haunt trilogy, uh, Haunts one, two, and three um, from PB Publishing. Another product from the DMs Guild. Uh, you can buy each one individually, like. Um, either uh, PDF versions or softcover versions. 
This is the first time they've ever been collected together in a hardcover, and it's a beautiful hardcover. It'll look it is. perfect. If the camera will let me show. <laughs> it won't. Technology doesn't doesn't want to comply. It doesn't want to comply. Uh, folks were able to enter to the giveaway either through Twitter, through Discord, or through Twitch, and we've got a list of everyone who uh, who uh, who wanted to uh, wanted to get their chance to win. We do. Shall we give it a spin? Give it a spin, Rooney. Let's go. Oh, oh, who's gonna be? Hey, text ten star. Hey, I know that guy. <laughs> All right, he so we me. will we will get a hold of text and star uh, through Discord. We'll let them know that they've won. Um. Unless they're in chat today, usually they pop into chat. I was going to say, yeah, like he's... No, nope, uh, but not, not today. Not today. He's not live of today. Of course. The one course. time. Of course. Of course. So we will get uh, we will get it to them and I they're going to have to tell us how they enjoy it. Of course. Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, <laughs> thank you to everyone who entered. Yes. Uh, you know, if, if we could, we would send everyone a copy. So uh, we just don't have that kind of dimp. Unfortunately. But... We do. Do we want to go ahead and announce what our uh, what we've got in the works for the next? We've got. Months? I mean, I don't. I don't want to get into full detail, but we've got some really cool ideas. We've got uh, more giveaways. Mm-hmm. We've got charity drives. Um, we want to give as much back to the D and D community. Not true. And we want to give more back. <laughs> true. There you go. I was like, what? Uh, as much as the D and D community has given to us, we want to give mm-hmm. that much and more back. Yeah. Um, because you know, this is something, you know, this is a game, um, that, you know, that has gotten me through like some really tough times, mm-hmm. you know, like I, uh, believe it or not, you know, I wasn't always the coolest kid. I yeah, wasn't always, no. I wasn't always the hippest cat. Uh, I was considered one of the losers in the 400 hall, you know, alongside uh, my fandom university co-host uh, <laughs> because we would just hang out and, and do exactly what you and I are doing right now, what, which is nerding like, out, nerding out. And so the, the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm able to do so um, and people, you know, support it, listen to it. You know, I want to thank you in any way possible. And like I said, that that involves giveaways, it involves mm-hmm. charity drives, all that. So with all that being said, congrats again to Text and Star. Congratulations. And I think we should go to the end of the show. Let's do it. We got a couple more monsters to talk about. Mm-hmm. Ah! Well, there's our a Willem scream. Wilhelm. It's Willem. It's Willem. It's Willem. It's Willem. It's our Willem Dafoe scream. Willem Dafoe scream. <laughs> I know who it is. I just like messing with you. But we're back. We're back from our mid break. Shall we continue with our exploration of the biggest monsters? The big o the biggins. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and stay in the sea, and let's Aww. talk about the Leviathan. Hmm. Uh, now the Leviathan is, is it's in its IRL like um, origins are pretty cool. It's a demonic sea serpent that is noted not only in mythology but also theology. It's referenced several times in the Hebrew Bible, 
uh, Psalms, the book of Job. Uh, it's an embodiment of chaos threatening to eat the damned after life um, in mythology. So, I mean, that's, that, that's, I mean, it's not only like just sort of, um, you know, your, your myths and all that, but it's actually like in uh, Judaism, it's in Christianity, yeah. which is, so it would, you know, it's, it's different from these other creatures who it has like, uh, it's like almost like dual origins. Um, sea serpents feature prominently in the mythology of the ancient near East. Uh, they are attested by the third millennium BC and Sumerian iconography. And it's common for near Eastern religions to include a chaos camp, a cosmic battle between a sea monster representing the forces of chaos and a creator god or culture hero who imposes order by force. Uh, for example, the Babylonian creation myth describes Marduk's defeat of the serpent goddess Tiamat. Does that name ring a bell? <laughs> Whose body was used to create the heavens and the earth. So there's a lot of cool, like I said, like in real life mythology uh, and lore behind the Leviathan. In the Dungeons and Dragons world, it's actually considered an elder elemental. Like elementals are creatures that are bound to a certain elemental plane, whether it be uh, air or fire or earth. The Leviathan is an elder elemental of water. Um, the Leviathan is a has an armor class of 17 um much like the uh kraken it's got gnarly strength gnarly uh constitution gnarly wisdom and gnarly charisma mm -hmm. uh but unlike both the kraken and the dragon turtle its dex is actually 24 so that's high as well because it's not really um like tangible it's it's it's, it's an elemental so it uh you know as big as it is it also is not confined by like the physics of of organic of having an organic body mm -hmm. however it's it's a big old dum dum it's a big old dumb <laughs> it is, head, it is. Uh, an, an intelligence of two it barely knows how to breathe <laughs> it barely knows how to breathe uh, res uh damage resistance all you know from from non-magical attacks it resists damage, it resists bludgeoning damage, piercing damage, and slashing damage. It also has immunities from acid and poison and can also, and this is huge, it cannot be exhausted, grappled, paralyzed, petrified, poisoned, knocked prone, restrained, or stunned. So that's pretty gnarly for that. Yeah. Um, so the Leviathan is a towering wall of water that drags ships down to the ocean's depths and washes away coastal settlements settlements um that sort of uh destruction is sort of it it's it it's what a leviathan is known for uh when called forth a leviathan arises from a large body of water to form an immense serpent shaped creature so it's attacks uh it's got multi-attacks like uh like most of these creatures do uh, it's got a slam and a tail attack. Uh, the slam attack is a plus 16 a hit. Uh, it reaches up to 20 feet and it does 1d10 plus 10 damage. So it's not, not a huge, not a huge damage no. uh, roll. 
Um, but it also does uh, 1d10 of acid damage. So it does essentially 2d10 plus 10. Uh, now the tail attack is a plus 16 a hit. It again reaches 20 feet. It does 1d12 plus 10 as well as a 1d12 of acid damage. So as far as like the, the, the HP that you could lose as a result of these attacks, not as much, like not nearly as much as the, the Kraken no. at all. No. I feel like if you put these two in a room together, Kraken's coming out on top every time. I mean, <laughs> you would you would think so, but here are some of its um, sort of like racial traits, uh, for lack of a better term. I mean, it's a elder elemental, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's got legendary resistance. So up to three times a day, if a Leviathan fails a saving throw, it can choose to succeed instead up to three times. Be like, Oh, I failed that. I don't want to fail that. I want to succeed. Um, partial freeze. If the Leviathan takes 50 cold damage or more during a single turn, the Leviathan partially freezes until the end of its next turn. Its speed are, are reduced to 20 feet and it makes attack rolls with disadvantage. So that's, you know, there's a, there's a give and take as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, cold damage is really where it, uh, where it suffers. Yeah. Uh, much like the Kraken though, it, uh, it's a siege monster. So it deals double damage to objects and structures. Um, and then also, uh, it can enter a hostile creature's space and stop there. And it can even move through a space as narrow as one inch wide without squeezing. So it's, that's, you know, that's a dexterity yeah. coming, coming into effect. Um, it's also got legendary moves. It can do uh, the slam as a legendary action. Uh, the big thing, it's big attack or it's big, you know, sort of a coup de gras is the tidal wave. While submerged, the Leviathan magically creates a wall of water centered on itself. The wall is up to 250 feet long, up to 250 feet high. And up to 50 feet thick. So this is a long, tall, thick ass wall of water. Oh yeah. That's uh, I don't want to get hit by that. That would hurt. <laughs> when the wall appears, all other creatures within its area must make a DC 24 strength saving throw. On a failed save, it takes 60 10 worth of bludgeoning damage. On a successful one, it takes half that. At the start of each of the Leviathan's, Leviathan's turns after the wall appears, the wall, along with any other creatures in it, moves 50 feet away from the Leviathan. Any huge or smaller creature inside the wall or whose space the wall enters when it moves needs to make that same DC 24 st- uh, strength saving throw uh, or take 5d10 of bludgeoning damage. A creature takes its damage no more than once on a turn. At the end of each turn, the wall moves, the height is reduced by 50 feet, and the damage the creature takes from the wall in subsequent rounds is reduced by 1d10. And so once it reaches zero feet, that's when the effect ends. Mm-hmm. So uh, you can't, uh, uh, you can move by swimming, but because of the force of the wave, though, the creature must make a DC 24 athletics check to swim at all during that turn. So yeah, like you said, you don't want to get hit by that. You don't want to get stuck in it. No. You don't want to get because if you keep failing that saving throw, you just keep taking damage turn yeah. after turn. I mean, yeah. it's only once per turn, but you know, you're taking six D10 and then five D10 and then four D10. And you don't want to you don't want to keep taking all that damage. No, that hurts. <laughs> of course it does. 
No, it hurts. So that's the uh, that's the Leviathan, and there are other, like I said, again, it's an elder elemental of of water. You know, there are other elder elementals for for flame, for fire, the phoenix, um, for mm-hmm. wind, the tempest, and for earth, the Zaratan. And in researching the Leviathan, I also kind of read into these. I'm like, these are really cool. So I think I'm going to do a bonus Patreon episode on those three elder elementals. Yes. That's gonna, that'll be released here sometime this month for sure. I'm excited for that. So I think <laughs> I'm going to do that. Um, so we've talked about two beings of the water and one being of the physical land. I think it's time we add for our last monster to talk about tonight. Yeah. A big, big, big fan favorite. I was going to say, like, you know, you uh, you said the Kraken's probably the, the best and the toughest, but the, the most popular is the Terrisk. Mm. It's got to be the Terrisk. Um, not only like popular, like in, in D&D circles, but it's sort of almost transcendent. Like when you think of like non-dragon like uh, gargantuan non-dragon creatures, the Terrisk almost immediately pops to mind. Yes. Uh, and what was cool about the Terrisk is like, I learned that it's, the, it also has in like in real life mythological roots. The Terrisk is a fearsome legendary dragon, like mythological hybrid from Southern France, believe it or not. Um, the Terrisk was described as having a lion-like head, a body protected by turtle-like uh, carapaces, six feet with bear-like claws, and a scaly tail like a serpent's. Um, so, I mean, like it's it's been around since the 14th century in uh, medieval iconography. It shows up. Um, you know, legends go that it's uh, actually a legend says it probably arose as late, uh, as early as the 12th century, um, in province, France, the creature inhabited the forested banks of the Rhone between Arles and Avignon around what is now known as the town, ta- what is now the town of Tarascon, hmm. uh, then called Nar- Nurlock uh, Nur- uh, Nurlock or black place. So like a like place of like, you know, ill repute. Uh, but lurked in the river and attacked men trying to cross it, sinking boats. The creature was described as a dragon, half animal, half fish, thicker than an ox, longer than a horse, with sword-like teeth as sharp as horns. See if I can't bring a picture up for everybody. Because this thing's pretty cool looking, so I, oh, I kind of... It's great. There we go. There we go. So there's for, the, uh, for everyone at home watching us on uh, Twitch... We have a image, and honestly, it doesn't look too different from the D and D Tarask that we're so used to. No, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of looks like a um, like a dragon with like a turtle shell, a tail. Yep. Yeah, it very much has like a goblin, like lion kind of style head. Yeah, it's uh, nope. <laughs> Wolf's lore says, "No wonder the French surrender; they had to deal with the Tarask." I'd uh, I'd also just be done after that. So yeah. <laughs> like uh, you know what I don't, I don't I don't feel like fighting I don't feel Agreed. like fighting anymore. So uh, that's in France, but in Faerun or Eberron or uh, Greyhawk, wherever it may be, the Terrisk has a AC of twenty five. 
a speed of 40, uh, an average of 676 hit points. <laughs> and uh, much like the, um, not the crack, uh, the, um, the first creature talked about, the dragon turtle. Yes. Uh, high strength, high con, uh, dex, wisdom, and charisma. You know, not really much to sneeze at. And also like the the uh, Leviathan, uh, dumb as a box of rocks. Oh, yeah. Big time. Uh, intelligence score of three. Mm-hmm. However, it does have uh, immunities to fire, poisoning, and just about every sort of non-magical, uh, like bludgeoning, piercing, slashing attacks. Um, it cannot be charmed frightened i mean if i was that huge like nothing's frightening me so i can completely <laughs> no. agree with that uh cannot be charmed frightened paralyzed or poisoned yeah um again much like the leviathan it's got legendary resistance up to three times a day it can just su- choose to succeed on a failed saving throw uh it's got also got magical resistance uh has advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects so you try to do a magical effect or some kind of spell on it, it, gets, it, it rolls twice and gets advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, the reflective carapace, anytime the Terrasque is targeted by the magic missile spell, which is a, uh, a, a fan favorite of every spell caster. Yes. Uh, or any line spell or any spell that requires a range attack roll, roll a D6. On a one to five, the Terrasque is unaffected. On a six, the Terrasque is unaffected, and the effect is reflected back at the caster as though it originated from the Terrasque, turning the caster into the target. Uh, so, magic missile is completely useless. Oh, yeah. Not only are they completely useless, but there's a one in six chance that you actually get hit by it yourself. I have actually seen uh, one of my players, after conquering said Terrasque, Use the hide as a shield. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love that <laughs> idea. Uh, again, like the Leviathan and the Kraken, it's a siege monster, so it deals double damage to objects and structures. Um, it's got a basic bite attack. It's plus 19 to hit. Uh, it does 4d12 plus 10 piercing damage. Mm-hmm. Um, if the If it hits, the creature is grappled. Uh, until the grapple ends, the target's restrained, and the terrorist can't bite another target, so it just keeps it like in its maw, like yeah. it's in its mouth. Uh, claw attack plus nineteen a hit. Uh, that has a fifteen reach, and uh, it does forty eight plus ten slashing damage. Uh, can also it, its horn. It also has horns that it can use to attack. That's a plus nineteen a hit with a t- ten foot reach. Forty ten plus ten, uh, and then it, again, it's got it's got all sorts of attacks because it's got so many weapons. It's got claws, it's got you know teeth, it's got horns, it's got a tail. The tail is plus 19 to hit. With This one has a reach of 20 feet and does 46 plus 10 bludgeoning damage. Um, and much like most uh, tail attacks, uh, needs to, uh, the target needs to succeed on a DC 20 strength saving throw or be knocked prone. Uh, and that's not all. No. <laughs> Uh, and so here's the thing. So, uh, so it's got frightful presence. So each creature of the terrorist choice within 120 feet of it, which again is like 
just about the entire board, I can imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and aware of it, must succeed on a DC 17 wisdom saving throw or become frightened for one minute. A creature can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turns, which is pretty standard. Um, but it's there's a disadvantage if the Terrisk is within the line of sight. So if you can see the Terrisk, then you have disadvantage on your on your subsequent saving throws attempts. Which mean uh, what I mean makes sense. This giant thing with spikes and and horns and tails and, horns and, and yeah. viciousness is standing in front of you. I don't think you're not going to be terrified. Right. Uh, so once a, once a creature, once a target, once a player is able to successfully end that frightful presence, uh, that they are now immune to that for 24 hours. So this is what a terrorist does on its turn. So it uses frightful presence, it scares you, scares just about anyone. Uh, it, it then makes five attacks. Those those previous five, attacks that I that I mentioned. Five. Those previous it's not like one or the other. It can't doesn't just choose which one it wants to do. It it bites. It claws with it claws twice. It it'll hit you with its horns once and it'll hit you with a tail another time. Um instead of bite, it can actually use its swallow attack, which so use it's a it's a bite attack, but instead of uh, just uh, being like held in the jaws, like you still take the bites damage, but then uh, instead of being like stuck in those jaws, instead of being grappled, uh, you end up getting swallowed, just sort of like the um, the the krakens uh, swallow. Uh, you're blinded, you're restrained, you have you know total cover against everything going on on the outside, but while you're still inside the terrace you're taking 16 D six acid damage at the start of each of its turns. Mm-hmm. Um, if the terrorist takes 60 damage or more on a single turn from a creature inside of it, the terrorist must succeed on a DC 20 constitution saving throw at the end of that turn or regurgitate all swallowed creatures, uh, which then fall prone in a space within 10 feet of the terrorist. Uh, and if the terrorist actually dies, a swallowed creature is no longer restrained by it. It can ex- escape from the corpse using 30 feet of movement, exiting prone. So you can actually get thrown up by the terrorist or the terrorist can be killed while you're still inside of it. And you have, you can make your way out of it, out of one way or the other. I'm sure there are a couple of different ways to get out of it. Yeah, it's, I've seen it happen. It ain't pretty. But it does make for great storytelling. <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, can you imagine being the bard that escaped the terrorist's butthole? <laughs> <gasps> and of course, it's got legendary actions. Uh, it uh, it can take up to three of them: attack, move, uh, and chomp. You know, it's it's if anything is going to give the kraken a run for its money, it's going to be the terrorist for sure. Oh, definitely. Uh, and Mary Sybil in the Chat says you can attempt to cut your way out. Yeah, if you can do sixty points worth of damage while you're inside, it'll. Uh, if it fails its saving throw, it'll throw you up. Mm-hmm. But throw up anything, any any other creatures inside. Oh yeah, it everything's coming out. <laughs> uh, so we've covered a lot of big monsters tonight, and there's still so many more to cover. Um, but these are some of the fan favorites and well known. Yeah. Uh, Shall we see say uh biggins of the D&D the biggins. world? The yeah, biggins. For sure. So 
we're coming to the end and it's time for our magical item. Let's hear it. So I thought I'd take a little bit different twist on this. We, we focus a lot on, well, I focus a lot more on attack and things like this. So what if we took a more uh, Volos or a more, um, oh goodness, I have brain farted. <laughs> Mordekainen? Mordekainen, thank you. Okay. Uh, what if we took a more researchable approach? Okay. So what I present to you is a, is a, is a plain book. It is a beautiful leather bound plain book. Um, black leather spine with gold letters etched in a strange language, unfamiliar to anyone. Okay. Now, what this book does is if you have artistic abilities, okay, and you manage to draw a creature in the book, you can capture the essence of the creature. Mm. Now, by capturing the essence, you do not capture the creature itself, but the essence. Okay. And that means what exactly? What that means is you can use said image to choose either one resistance, one legendary action, or one ability of the creature to use one time and one time only. All right. Mm, okay. So this obviously this would have to be a creature that exists. You can yes, just like yes. make up. And that's and just draw. Yeah, that's the okay. catch with it, too, is you have to be able to see the creature. So it's not one of these things where you can go to a book and copy down what the other artist has rendered. You have to be able to capture the true essence of the creature, meaning you have to see it in person. Right. OK. And it only works the one time. You can't draw 12 Tarasks in the book and go, right, I'm going to take all the powers. No, it works once. Once the pen or the quill hits the page and it renders what creature it must, you can go no further there. So you must choose wisely the abilities you use, and only one can be used at a time. I like that. Uh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, you have to be... I mean, it's sort of a, in case of emergency break glass sort mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. Um, but if you play your cards right, you could definitely get yourself out of a pickle and a jam. Oh, yeah, yeah. And... I, I when I presented this idea to some of my friends, they said, "Oh well, aren't there creatures that uh, have the ability to use wish spells and things like that?" Yes, in fact, there are. Mm-hmm. But again, you have to be careful with these things because you are not that creature, so you're tampering with abilities that are far beyond your grasp. So this, so it's any creature, any creature. So like a gin mm-hmm. or okay, okay, yeah. interesting. But again, like I said, you're tampering with abilities you, as a mortal, do not understand. You don't get it. You don't. Mm-hmm. You don't understand it. So it is not only helpful but very dangerous. So that is as why any good magical item is. Of course. <laughs> so we'll classify this one as artifact level. So be careful yeah, when you hand sure. it to your Absolutely. players. Yeah. But that is my magical item for this week. I like it. I well, keep the- we keep cooking up these nice ones. Let's go. So another episode <laughs> down. I'm I'm beginning to really enjoy being locked in this tower. I I I enjoy your company. I do. Yeah, you're you're all right too. Oh, okay. I appreciate you. <laughs> there, there was that that there was that incident with the book that we're not going to discuss. We don't, talk, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. <laughs> but before we go, 
Is there anything you'd like to share with everyone, Sergio? I would like to share that I am so appreciative of you listening. Thank you so much. If you want to listen to some more of me talking, I also co-host a podcast called Fandom University with my best friend, Sean Hamill, the author of A Cosmology of Monsters. Uh, we talk about all sorts of nerdy things on a like much deeper, more like scholarly level. Uh, right now we're talking about uh, you know the Eternals movie, which actually I'm on, on my way after we're done recording. I'm on my way to go see. Um, is it's coming is you know released and so uh, we're we're going to do a couple episodes where we read all the comic books and figure out exactly why Disney and Marvel decided to make this into a movie because uh, money. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> quick uh, sneak pre like sneak peek onto the episode if you haven't listened to it. Uh, I couldn't tell you why because the uh, like it the idea is pretty flimsy. I mean, if they can't if they can't uh, seem to keep a keep the comic book version of it going for more than 19 issues at a time, I don't know what what they would think would make it popular enough to make a movie out of. But I guess we'll see. We'll we'll figure it out, or I'll figure it out when I go when I go here in, in an hour or so to go watch it. Um, but yeah, it's Fandom University. It's a biweekly podcast. We've talked about Resident Evil. We've talked about Halloween. We've talked about um, aliens mm-hmm. and uh, like I say, like anything that sort of pops up, we'll uh, we'll we'll deep dive into. All right, you ready for this? Everyone, set, everyone settle in. <laughs> everyone, go take a pee break because uh, it's going to be a minute. <laughs> all right, so I'm going to shoot through these real quick. So we have on on my end. Avatar Legends Journey of the Elements, which is the new Avatar Legends TTRPG that's just come out. Dude, um, I I can't wait to get my copies of that because I also I also am one of kickstarted it. Yeah, also one of the hundreds of thousands of folks that helped kickstart it. It's so uh, good. It's so yeah, good. But I was late to the I was late to it, so I'm not going to get mine until a little bit later. So I think this is the beginning of the year. So that one actually has uh, the host from one well, one of the hosts from the um, wow my brain is just off tonight tonight <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh uh, Toasty Toasty's in it um, the oh gosh the Witcher lore cast man I am my brain has farted today. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Toasty. So yes, uh, Toasty, one of the hosts from the Witcher lore cast, is actually a character in that one. Um, and Toasty in chat says, "Geez, it's a host of Witcher lore cast." <laughs> um. So yes, we also have the Call of Cthulhu Mythos Mysteries Seventh Edition, uh, live play. We have Cyberpunked. That's Cyberpunk apostrophe D, um, which mm-hmm. is a Cyberpunk Red live play. We have the Dungeons and Dragons podcast, The Fumbling Four and the Almighty Crit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We have a Resident Evil lore cast. And we have a new show to the lineup. It is out. Uh, out now. It's out now. It is Delta Green SCP Files. Episode one, game. file one is posted. So... That's it for now, but at the end of the month, we have one final show to be released this year. 
Wolf's Lore um, suggests that you make a website that has all these links on there. You know what? I should, but <laughs> gotta make you work for it. No, I'm just kidding. I I haven't figured out how to do that yet. I'm I'm working on that actually. I'm gonna try to I, link it uh, to the all the social medias and here on Twitch and show notes and yeah. Yeah, and Mary Sybil says it could also be a Twitch command as well. Yes, I would love to. I'm I'm still figuring things out with Twitch. I'm still figuring out commands and things like that. So if anybody has any pointers or wants to help me, I'm more than uh, willing to uh, accept that. <laughs> more than willing to accept anyone's help or yes. anyone doing it for me. <laughs> no, no, no. I got to learn. <laughs> but anyway, that's what we got on our end. And we're uh, pretty excited. Uh, for the SCP files, um, the first episode was pretty good. Uh, we've got, I've got, I've gotten some positive feedback, um, but there's a couple of things we'll change. It's a pilot episode. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, you you learn, you adapt, you grow. Yep. yep. Um, but on that note, I think it is time to bid everyone adieu. Good luck and good night. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with a friend, following us on Twitter at DNDLorecast, or jumping on the Robots Radio Discord to chat more with us about Dungeons & Dragons. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.